Hey, 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 welcome to the Emphatically You podcast. I'm your host, Candace Nelson, wife, mother of one dope college student, lover of words, music, and a native Adamsville bred Georgia peach. You're invited to this easy, breezy, soulful, safe space created for those of us who need occasional reminders, some tips, tools, and transformative messages that will speak to the heart of you. Come along with me on this brand new journey of truth, love, and growth. It's time to let your hair down and put yourself first so you can speak and be emphatically you. Let's get into it. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen. This is Candace, and we are here for another exciting episode of the Emphatically You podcast. Ladies and gents, you all are in for a treat today. I'm here with one of my very, very dear girlfriends. Uh, I have known her for at least 30 years, maybe a little bit more. <laughs> but I want to say that um, her name is Katrina Blassengame. Let me say that first. And she is so sweet and so gracious and has um, been a, a, like I said, a lifelong friend. And she's agreed to sit with me today as we talk about commitment. Today's episode is entitled Commitment First. And the reason I asked Katrina specifically to do the episode with me is because she is just, oh my gosh, such an inspiration, especially to me. And I'm sure she's an inspiration to others. So I want to take some time to officially welcome you, Katrina, to the Emphatically You studios. And I want to give you an opportunity to Tell us a little bit more about who Katrina is. Thank you, Candice. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I do want to clarify one thing. You have known me for 30 plus years. (laughs) My oldest is 30. He just turned 30. Um, two days ago. So um, you knew me before I even thought about having kids. (laughs) So that's how long our friendship is. So thank you for having me. Um, I want to say first, I am a lover of health and well-being, first off. And I am a mother of four. I am a wife. I am a grandmother of one beautiful, um, smart, almost three-year-old. <laughs> I am a sister. I am an auntie, a friend, a cousin, and um, a part of my community. That's who I am. I love it. I love all of that. And thank you for the clarification. I think I figured we were friends for more than 30 years. So, wow, I still do remember when you were pregnant and you gave birth to JT. I still remember that. Yeah. Yes. But what an awesome, oh my gosh, you 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 are all those things and so much more. But we're going to go ahead and dive into the questions so you can, um, you can just kind of share with the people. My first question for you, mm-hmm. Katrina, is I want you to walk us through the understanding of how you got to the space of deciding to commit to your health. Mm. I think I... 
I have always been interested in wellness and I've always been attracted to physically fit people, women specifically, because I'm a woman. And I remember my first um, investment in what I consider my health and wellness lifestyle was with a Jane Kennedy album. Our beloved Jane Kennedy, you remember her. She was a model and an actress, and she was just our black icon back then. I do you remember, remember her. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So she had an album. This is when we were still using turntables. Okay. That's, <laughs> that's dating me a little bit, but it's all good. So I had her album and with her album came a, um, a brochure that showed her doing the exercises that she was explaining on the album. And I just remember putting that on and getting on the floor and doing those exercises and loving it. And then of course, you know, Tybo came came out and that's when VHS. So I had a VHS Tybo and I had the Reebok step VHS video. And then things turned to CDs, you know, so I had CD workout videos and I've just always, always enjoyed the physicalness of working out how it felt and how it made me look. I love that, Katrina. Oh my gosh. I remember Jane Kennedy. (laughs) What a beautiful young lady. Oh my gosh. And it was my, I was like, I want to look like Jane Kennedy when I grow up. (laughs) (laughs) I can see that. I can see that. But you know, I tried. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you look good. I I mean, the people can't see you at this moment, but let me just say, y'all, she's a good looking sister. Thank you. You are welcome. (laughs) Well, with that being said, I want you, if you can, I want you to share what a typical day for you looks like and how you plan and you budget your time for working out. Oh, my gosh. So, Candice, it has changed over the years. Like I said, I'm a mother of four. So when my kids were young and I was with them as they were going to their sporting training activities or tryouts or whatever they were doing, I would work out. So while they were practicing soccer or practicing football or baseball, I would walk the parking lot. I would walk the track, sometimes with one of the other moms, sometimes by myself. So I fit myself in around them. And then on the weekends, I would try to maybe get up before my family got up. And I would try to get my workout in so that I wasn't interfering interfering with their day because I still had mommy and wife duties. Um, as my children matured, of course, I could um, leave them home. And I started working out or running like at 4 a.m., 5 a.m. I would get up about 4 o'clock in the morning. I would meet my running partners at 5 a.m. We would get a run in and I could get back home to get them up and ready for school. Um Now, I still try to fit my life and my fitness around my family, but they're older. They understand it's a passion of mine. And um, I just I get it in when I can. Sometimes it's late at night. Sometimes it's in the middle of the day. Sometimes it still has to be early in the morning. Okay, okay, And I want to make sure that the ladies that are listening, you know, you all take notes and take advantage of this information, because although um, I only have one child and I have a husband, my daughter is a college age student and she's away for at least nine months out of the year. So it's not as much of a struggle for me. Mine has more to do with being committed 
which is why we're mm-hmm. talking about commitment first. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you have smaller children or younger children, or you have three or four kids, you can take some of what Katrina is sharing with us and just fit it in around your children and their schedules. You know, if they're doing these different activities, I used to be that mom. My daughter would be at, I don't know, track practice or doing something after school. And instead of me getting my butt out <laughs> and walking around the track, I'm sitting in the car on the telephone. But that was a, a wonderful opportunity that I missed, but you don't have to miss it. So thank yes. you for sharing that, Katrina. Absolutely. Um, I want to ask you now, how do you make the healthy choice the easy choice? <laughs> oh my gosh. It's, I don't know if it's easy. I think it's a commitment. I made a commitment to myself to for longevity. You know, I always wanted to live a long, healthy life. And I understood if I wanted to have a long life and I wanted to be healthy in my long life, then I had to do something about it. So it's just making a commitment to myself. And, And it is hard. We have to, you know, my husband bring home donuts. I have to not eat one <laughs> because if I eat one or I eat half one, I'm going to eat the whole thing. So that's me. You have to know yourself. Um, and, and I, let's segue into this, knowing yourself, knowing your body. So mm-hmm. several years ago, I went on Weight Watchers. I needed to lose 10 pounds and Weight Watchers was a whole craze. And I decided to join. And this is when we were using pen and paper to track our food and track our exercise. And what it showed me was that I'm a snacker. You know, some people like to just mm-hmm. eat three square meals and they have to maybe watch what those square meals are. Mm-hmm. I like to eat constantly. So it showed me, oh, you're a snacker. So now I have to pay attention to what snacks. If I'm hungry, I have to make sure I have some fruit available. I have to make sure that I have salad and a lean meat available. I have to make sure that I'm drinking enough water because sometimes we think we're hungry and and we're not. We're just thirsty. So um, Mm -hmm. is making a commitment to yourself is knowing your body is knowing your cravings. We know that processed food and fast foods um, are addictive. So Mm -hmm. there are some things that I just won't eat because I know I'll crave the sugars later. I'll crave the salt or I'll crave the processed food. I remember when I came off of Oreo cookies years ago when the kids were little and you have all these snacks in the house and I would eat two or three Oreo cookies every night. I was like, this is ridiculous. I cannot remember the last time I had an Oreo cookie. Seriously, nothing against Oreo cookies. (laughs) But I cannot remember the last time I had one because I could not just eat one. And I just didn't want the cravings in my body. So I decided to, I'm cutting that out. I cut out sodas years ago because we know they're not healthy. They're full of sugar. And I would just prefer not to drink any because I didn't want the cravings. So to me, it's difficult to get rid of the cravings. So don't do it. But that's my philosophy. <laughs> well, I agree with that. And I'm going to say this for myself, y'all, because it's, it's a journey for me. In my mind, I keep saying, I know I want to do this. I have to do this. And I'll start and then I'll stop. But the one thing that you did say about knowing your body, like, you know, because we've been around each other so long, mm-hmm. I doggone love potato chips. <laughs> yes, me too. <laughs> 
That's my kryptonite. <laughs> That's my kryptonite. I love potato chips and I love French fries, but I have done so much better with not bringing French fries into the house. And Good. even though you can bake them or you air fry them, I've tried to really just pull back from that and eat, you know, make a better choices. But mm-hmm. the other piece that you said, I also don't drink sodas. I mean, every now and again, I might get a soda just because I haven't had it. But I don't purchase them and buy mm-hmm. them in the store. I don't bring mm-hmm. them into my home because right. I know that they, like you said, they hold a lot of sugar. And um, if you're and in your home, then you're more likely to pick up one and drink it. So that's a great idea. Don't even bring it home. Absolutely. So that's part of me knowing myself. And I'm hoping um, the listeners are picking up what you're putting down with that and, and trying to incorporate it. And it's a process. It is truly a process. It's not something that you can do overnight. No, it's not. I have been trying to get off potato chips for 30 years, Candace. (laughs) (laughs) Well, me too. And I don't think that's going to happen for me. I don't either. But I, but you know what? I will go a week without eating and eating some, or Mm -hmm. I'll say, I'm going to go three days and not eat any chips. And (laughs) I've just decided I will get rid of everything else. We can't just clean everything out of our life. Well, some people can, and I would eventually like to only, you know, eat a whole foods diet. Right. But right now I manage my snacks and I said, okay, it's going to be chips. And that's it. I can't do any other snack. Because if you do two, three, four snacks, that's how you get yourself in trouble. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's this is a good uh, segue for us, Katrina. One thing I didn't share when I brought you on was that um, you, in addition to being my longtime, lifelong friend, you also are one of the founding members of my collective, which is the Sisterhood Sit-Down Collective. Yes. And when we had our very first meeting, our first get-together, um, we just kind of sat down and we had a powwow and we talked. It was so... Oh my goodness. So awakening, so inspiring. And I have a quote that you shared with the ladies because before I share the quote, I want to let people know Katrina is a, I want to make sure I'm saying this right. You're a triathlete, right? Or at least you were. Yes. (laughs) I retired after about 12 years. (laughs) Okay. Okay. And that means you ran. Mm -hmm. I was swim, bike and run. That consists of a, of a, a triathlon. And I did all levels of sprint. Olympic distance, and I um, did um, a half Ironman. I love it. Now, with that being said, when she shared that with the ladies in the collective, of course, that opened up some other questions and people were asking, you know, how, and that's how we even came to decide that we would talk about this uh, on the Emphatically You podcast. But one of the things that you said to the ladies, and it really stuck out to, I think, the entire group was motivation is not first. Commitment is first. Then motivation comes. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that, but I absolutely loved it. I've written it down and I'm keeping it. And I'm going to actually probably type it up and put it on the wall somewhere. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Motivation is not first. Uh, commitment not. is first. And that's why we're talking about commitment first, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Uh, the next so, thing I want to. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Lady. I just wanted to, you know, I just wanted to um, say a little bit about that. Most people say, oh, I'm not motivated to do X, Y and Z. 
well, we're normally not motivated to do X, Y, and Z. We normally make a commitment to do something and that's difficult. That's what it's, that's why they say I'm not motivated to do this because it's normally something that we may find difficult to do, right? So no one's motivated to do anything difficult. We want to keep um, stress and pain out of our lives. It's just our human way. So we have to make commitments to do those things that we find difficult. And once we have some success with those difficult things, whether we're going to school and trying to get a degree, whether we've committed to our first say race, you know, my one of my first races, I wasn't committed to my first, I wasn't motivated to, to do my first triathlon. I was committed to the process. I was committed to following the training program. I was committing to beginning and ending it. But once I started getting my endurance and, um, and once I saw that swimming was easier and cycling was easier and running was easier, and once I started putting them together, Then I became motivated. I was like, oh, this process is working. Now I'm motivated to continue because I see that my commitment is giving me some success. And we are all excited when we have success. Correct? Absolutely. We have to make a commitment first. Then the motivation comes. So, no, we're not normally motivated to do those difficult things in our life. We have to commit to them first. Oh, I love it, Katrina. Oh, I absolutely love it. And thank you for sharing all of that. That's going to lead me to uh, sharing with you, along with my listeners, that uh, my episode 13 was an episode about keeping your promise. And I actually, I think it was entitled keeping your promise to yourself. And Mm -hmm. so when you talk about, if you make a promise to yourself, Mm -hmm. nine times out of 10, you are going to be more committed to keep that promise. And my take on it was, you know, because if you make promises to yourself and you can't keep those, other people not going to really be that. (laughs) open or interested to see whether or not you can keep a promise to them. But here's the thing. When you talk about that same commitment level, I'm going to ask you, have you made any new promises to yourself for 2023? And if you have, how is it going? (laughs) Okay. So here I am talking about commitment and promises to myself (laughs) and 23 is not going well. (laughs) So okay. I have <laughs> I have fitness goals. So in 2022, at the end of the 2022, before um, 17 days before I turned 58, I did my first marathon. I did not think I wanted to ever do a marathon. It was not on my bucket list. Um, but my sister-in-law, and I'm backtracking a little bit to come forward, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So my sister-in-law asked if I would um, run the Marine Corps Marathon in honor of my brother with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. So my brother um, has non-Hopkins lymphoma. I was a stem cell um, donor to him back in 2020. And so when my sister-in-law said, hey, why don't you run this race in honor of your brother? <sighs> Really? Like you put me, you put that pressure on me. (laughs) So I said, okay, again, made that commitment. Never wanted to run a marathon. Didn't think I would ever be able to do 26.2 miles. I've done other races, but not that one. 
did it, loved it, loved the process. I, you know, I finished strong. I had an amazing race. Love, love, love it. So, you know, I've done triathlons. Oh, I did a marathon. Never expected to. Only 1% of Americans have only have done a full marathon. I was like, woohoo, part of that 1%. Now what's next? So I was like, okay, I've done, I'm a cardio junkie. So I said, well, you know, I want, now that we're getting older, I want to spend a little bit more time in the gym and building my muscles because we know as we get older, uh, muscle mass is very important. Um, and for our bone health and our strength, right, as we get older. So, yeah, that's not going so well. Menopause is all in the way <laughs> of me keeping that commitment of um, dropping a few pounds, really not, you know, dropping maybe five pounds of what I would consider fat and putting it on as muscle. And um, I just haven't reached physically, aesthetically where I want to go with that. And when we're talking about food, sometimes really consuming enough protein in my diet because I'm not a huge eater. I told you I snack a lot and really getting the amount of nutrition that I need to build the muscles. So that has been a challenge for me. I haven't given up on it. I'm still committed. I'm not yet motivated because I haven't (laughs) seen the results. I'm still in the commitment (laughs) stage of that. So 2023, yeah, you know, I'm going to have to take it on into 2024. And I just talked to my son, who's my personal trainer, although I'm a, uh, uh, well, I let my my certification lapse, but I've been a personal trainer as well as a Zumba instructor, a PE teacher. So I know all the right things to do, but now I'm at the stage, okay, I need a coach. Coaches need coaches sometimes. And um, I've just given myself a little grace and said, okay, by 2024, if you continue with your commitment, you will build that body with the amount of muscle mass that you're interested in gaining by then. So yeah, 2023, I was like, oh, missed my mark, but it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I went all the way back there to say, yeah, it's not going too great. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay, Katrina, because listen, it's, but you still got some time to keep pushing and doing it, doing what you want to do, what you need to do. And like you said, Take it on into 2024. No one's judging you, especially not me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to judge myself. (laughs) mm -mm, Don't judge yourself. And and I hope y'all took note of that comment that she she just shared that coaches need coaches too. Like even if you are a coach yourself to some degree, um, you know, sharing your knowledge and information with others, sometimes Mm -hmm. you need to be uh, coach just to, you know, kickstart yes. uh, that process for what it is you're trying to accomplish. Yes. I have a podcast coach, someone who helps me to kind of stay on track and learn mm-hmm. the new things, ins and outs of what I'm doing with um, getting this information out to you all. So I love that, <laughs> Katrina. And you know, I'm always rooting for you. But like I said, girl, you look good. So I don't know. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I don't know. We're trying to take it to the next level. Okay. And I, and I know you will. I absolutely trust that you will. So that's going to lead me into, I'm going to share another quote that you shared with the ladies of the sisterhood sit down collective when we were talking and that came out because of some questions and some comments that, you know, were shared during our talk. And what you said was people will treat you the way that you demand they treat you. 
And when I tell you, I absolutely love that. I shared it with my spouse the other day. And when I was reading it to him, he even, before I could even finish it, he was saying, people will treat you the way you allow them to do so. And that's exactly what your quote was. And so with that being said, my question for you now is, did your husband and your family jump on board when you decided to incorporate your desire to do things a little differently with your fitness goals? And I know you said that, you know, you handled it in stages as your kids were growing, but I'm just mm-hmm. wanting you to kind of share um, how how receptive they were, I guess, to you changing um you know, their lifestyle just a little bit because you had goals that you wanted to achieve. Exactly. Well, it was an adjustment for them as much as an adjustment for me. So, yes, my husband was very supportive um, when I said, hey, I want to do triathlons. He helped me pick out my bike. And because he's into fitness and, and wellness, you know, he helped me pick out my running shoes. And um, I grew up swimming, so I just needed to um, you know, train in that aspect. But I don't think he understood what that meant. It, he, I don't think he understood the hours that it would take for me to accomplish those, that goal and to be proficient in each of those sports. So um, that's when I said I, I had to work around my family needs as much as they had to give me a little grace for not being around as much. I would have to say, guys, I'll I'll be back in about two hours and I would try to maybe if I needed to have dinner done, then you guys are going to have to fix your own plate. And I I need y'all to help clean up the kitchen and I need you guys to help put up the food when normally that's something that I would do. Um, He was helpful in and I didn't start till I had my fourth child and I was like, okay. I guess I'm going to be at home the rest of my life with children because I was a stay-at-home mom. So I had my fourth <laughs> child at 40. He got me a dro- jogging stroller. So I took my baby with me on my runs. Um, and then I changed my eating habits. So in t- 2000, she was born in 2004. In 2006, I became a pescatarian. Um, mm. And I had to teach them, no, I'm not going to eat what I prepare for you guys. I need y'all to go eat and then I need to prepare my dinner. So I didn't always sit down with them for dinner mm-hmm. because I wanted to get them fed and I wanted to eat what I wanted to eat. So then I had to prepare a different meal for myself. So you know, that was an adjustment of me not sitting with them or being with them, maybe during mealtime or mm. I was eating at different stages because I needed different nutrition. So I may have already had my breakfast by the time they got up and they were ready for breakfast because I got up and I ran at five in the morning. I came home and I consumed my nutrition before they were up and ready to consume theirs. And then it was the type of food. So my husband started buying foods that he knew that I was like, I bought you a quinoa salad today when he would never eat. <laughs> he was like, I bought your kind of food. And and when we would go out to um, restaurants, Candace, even recently, I said, hey, honey, I found a new restaurant and I think you're going to love it. The food was delicious. He said, is it your delicious or my delicious? <laughs> I said, it's my delicious. <laughs> and even my friends, when I ter- changed my um, eating habits, my friends, you know, I had to say, hey, I don't eat meat anymore. And at first they would say, oh, it's just a little meat in these collard greens. Yeah, but I don't eat meat. So no, thank you. So the next time they would have something that I could eat because I taught them 
you know, I'm not going to partake in it. I'm not being negative about it. I'm, I just don't eat that. And so they wanted me to engage and, you know, sharing meals with them. So they would make sure that I had something. And my friends knew don't call me until after 1030 because I may be working out. You know that too, Candace. Sometimes you've got, are you finished working out? <laughs> yep. Don't call me, either call me early in the morning or call me late mid morning because I'm working out and they know don't call me. Right. I'm busy. So you're right. <laughs> I taught people when to catch me, how to help me, you know, fill my nutritional goals and and support me if if I need to leave because I got to go work out. I've got to go to bed early. I can't stay out as late as you guys because I need to get up in the morning to get my workout in. And and people begin to understand who you are and they accept it and they will go along with it if they love you. Absolutely. Oh I my god. Wasn't too long. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was not. It was wonderful and I love that, Katrina, because like you said, if you really and truly care for someone, if you really and truly love them, if they have made a transition in their life to do something that works for them, that is best for them, you are going to support them wholeheartedly. And even if you don't agree with it, that's fine. You can go do eat what you want, do what you want, but mm-hmm. you can't necessarily force that on somebody else and you shouldn't try to make them feel bad about it. So I love everything that you said. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, we're going to take a pivot from the exercise and the eating healthy um, because I want to ask you three questions and these are more specific questions about Katrina. Okay. Mm. Okay. So the first one is what is something that you know about yourself right now that you mm-hmm. didn't know about yourself 10 years ago? Mm. I think I did not know the power of my thoughts and perspective on things. So I was, you know, 58 now. So 10 years ago, I was 48. Um, trying to look at life in a more positive way way and understanding that our thoughts control our emotions. So if I'm feeling overwhelmed, you know, um, so at 48, I, you know, some of the kids were still at home. They were more mature, but my youngest was, you know, 10, 10 then she's 18 now. No, 10 years ago, she was what? Eight. Eight. <laughs> You know, feeling overwhelmed. And then I, so now I, am I overwhelmed? What am I overwhelmed about? Am I, you know, is, am, is this just something that I have to handle because this is life? Or is this something that I really need to take off of my plate? And I think how I think about the transitions and things that are going on in my life, I decide if it's stressful. I decide, um, if it's bringing negative emotion to me or not. And if it is, I know what to do to relieve it. And I need to know, you know, and I, and I think more about how I'm going to handle situations now. Yeah. I think I didn't know 10 years ago how to handle stress. Mm. Mm. 
I get it. I get all of that. But as you said, we've grown, we've matured Mm -hmm. and you do, you look at life through a different lens. Mm -hmm. Um, I just recently attended my, one of my uncle's on my mom's side, his his funeral services. And the one thing that keeps coming back to me is because he was such a sweet man, such a kind person. And there was nothing but good things that were shared about him at the services. But for me personally, I was just so, oh my gosh, so elated that I saw him a couple of months ago and mm-hmm. I was able to just love on him and hug on him, even though he wasn't yeah. sick or anything. It was just mm-hmm. good to see him because we don't see each other on a yeah. regular basis. And I don't take life for granted. That's one of the biggest things for me. And so like what you're saying is when you look at life through a different lens mm-hmm. to see that there's always a way to choose or there's a choice. Yeah, that you that you know you change. I always say this: you change your perspective on yes. how you look at things. Yes, that's it, Candace. Yes, yes, you change mm-hmm. your perspective, and so I'm bi- I'm huge on that. So I love mm-hmm. everything. <laughs> <laughs> I love all of that. Thank you. Yes. Okay, so question this this next question, and these are about you, my love. What okay. is something that you used to fear that you look back now and you can't even believe you were afraid of it? <laughs> You know, I used to fear getting old. (laughs) Well, we're in our 20s. 58 was old. You know, we thought when people were 58, you know, I would be 59 in a few months and going into 60. I used to think, oh, my God, that's so old. I don't want to be old. You know, it's so funny. My son just turned 30. And I said, I remember when I couldn't say 28, 25, 29 to say 30. I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm 30. (laughs) I loved saying I was 20 something. He was like, what, mom? (laughs) But now that I'm like, I'll be 60 soon. I'm so excited. I'm excited. I think Candace, too, because as an older mom, my youngest is just going off to college this year. And I'm just now entering a different chapter in my life when you and some of my other friends have already done that. And it's okay that I'm this age. I'm so excited about maybe what's next. I'm like, I feel good. I'm 58. Oprah says she loved her 50s and 60s are even better. And I'm like, yes, I loved my 50s. I killed my 50s. And I'm like, okay, 60, let's go. So, <laughs> so you 20 and 30 year olds, y'all can have it. You don't know anything about life till you get to your 50s and your 60s. OK, <laughs> uh, girl, say that again for okay. the people in the back. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, my gosh. I love yes. it. I, ooh, girl, I'm so excited. I'm like, yes, life is good. Life is good. It really is. And it's a blessing, Katrina, to be able to say you not only made it to your 50s, but you killed it and that you are entering your 60s. Because, baby, everybody, everybody can't say that. No. So I'm excited. Yes. Oh, I'm so happy for you. I'm happy for myself. (laughs) We're doing it, girl. (laughs) Yes. All right. The last question for you, my dear. What is the next big thing that you want to do or the next big goal or dream that you haven't achieved just yet? 
Oh my gosh. I think, and, and I'm sorry, I hate to go back to this, but it's my passion, health and wellness and fitness. I may want to one day either own my own health and fitness space. Um, I've kind of maybe helped people create a health and wellness space in their home. Again, those of us that are empty nesters, we have extra bedrooms. Maybe we have extra space that used to be occupied by children or our business or something that now we create a space in our home that's dedicated to our health and wellness. Now we can focus, you know, I was able to focus and I made a commitment to focus on myself throughout my entire life when I was young, but everybody haven't had that focus, but now they can. Maybe now they're ready to do that. So you have to have a space in your home where you can do that. Even if you have a gym membership, there should be somewhere where you have a yoga mat and you have, um, a, a little stereo system or your phone or a little speaker. Um, you have a couple of weights. You have some bands and some things where you could just go to a space and either meditate, move your body a little bit because we know movement is so, so important as we get older. And this is why I'm so excited about maturing and maybe working with mature women and men and creating some wellness space for them to sit in and and be in, in their home. Oh my God, I'm going to be your first customer. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm going to be your first customer because my daughter is a rising junior, which I can't believe. And I know. And when she's done, I don't know what that's going to look like, you know, if she'll be in a position to go on out and get her own spot right then or she'll need, but I know she'll be trying to do it sooner than later. I do know that. (laughs) So what that would say for me is that room, although I probably would still like to have a a space to use it as a guest room, maybe with a day bed or something, that room could be just what you're talking about. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh my God. So thank you. But yeah, I'll be knocking on your door. (laughs) (laughs) I love all of that, Katrina. That is wonderful. You all, let me say, I want to say thank you. Thank you to one of my, when I say this is my all time, one of my just favorite, favorite girlfriends. And I love you to the moon and back. I love you all the way to wholeness, Katrina. Um, Yes, ditto, ditto. Yeah, 30 years and 30 plus years is a long time. It's a long time. And the fact that God saw fit to bring us together and connect us, and even through the births of your children, the birth of my daughter, Mm -hmm. uh, your marriage, my marriage, we've stayed connected. And just recently, like you said, your baby's going to college and yes. it was such a treat for my hubby and I to come and help celebrate her yes. uh, as she's going off. So I just want to make sure I say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. And I think and I'm so excited about you in this space that you've created to really bring some interesting topics and some nuggets of information to your customers, you know, your, your clients, the community. I, I love it, Candice. I'm so proud of you. 
Oh, thank you, sister girl. Well, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to go ahead and close out this episode. But I want to tell you, like I always say, I want you to take care. I want you to stay safe. I want you to make it a great day. But most of all, I want you to always remember to be emphatically you. Peace out. <laughs>